The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Delta Airlines. This holiday season, Delta will handle 22 million checked bags. They're giving you the power to track your bags every step of the way with RFID technology in the Fly Delta app. Good morning. I'm James Hellman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, December 20th. In today's news, the Senate passes a bill that would keep the government open, but deny President Trump any money for a border wall. Bob Mueller makes a request that could signal an impending indictment of Roger Stone. And several state attorneys general look into suing Facebook as the feds look the other way. But first, the big idea. President Trump's decision to abruptly withdraw troops from Syria is a clear rebuke to Defense Secretary Jim Mattis, the last remaining member of a retinue of military men Trump once fondly referred to as my generals. Mattis had argued vigorously that the counterterrorism mission in Syria is not over and that the small U.S. presence in Syria should remain. The Pentagon chief had also tried to explain to Trump that there will be more chaos in the Middle East and future problems for the United States if the troops leave. But on Wednesday, Trump brushed aside his expert advice. Mattis was once considered among the most influential advisors to a president with no prior government or military experience. But he has been repeatedly overruled by Trump in recent months and left out entirely of key discussions as the president pursues his own path on national security. Trump still calls the retired four-star Marine Corps general Mad Dog, a nickname he detests. But now Mad Dog is at a low point in his influence with Trump and potentially on the verge of becoming another short-timer in the administration. Several current and former U.S. officials tell my colleagues Ann Guerin and Josh Dossi that Trump continues to weigh whether he should keep Mattis in the role, and he's told advisors during meetings in the Oval Office that he doesn't agree with his defense secretary on very much, if anything. Trump rarely sees Mattis these days and doesn't speak with him as often as he did last year. Mattis, for his part, has told colleagues that he wants to stay. He thinks it's important for the country. But he's also frustrated with Trump, who recently vetoed his choice to become the next chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the nation's highest-ranking military officer. Trump announced this month that he's picked General Mark Miley from the Army to replace the current chairman, Joe Dunford. But Mattis had recommended that Trump pick the Air Force Chief of Staff, General David Goldfein. Trump also sidestepped Mattis' concerns about deploying U.S. forces to the U.S.-Mexico border this fall as a photo op before the midterms with only a vague mandate. Mattis is also peeved with what he sees as Trump's naivete on North Korea. People on the inside tell us that Mattis is among the strongest skeptics about the pledge of denuclearization that Trump claims he received from Kim Jong-un during that Singapore summit in June. In the beginning of his presidency, Trump often pointed to the military men he had brought into his administration as evidence of his seriousness and savvy. But all those officers are now either gone, think former National Security Advisors Mike Flynn and H.R. McMaster, or on the way out, in the case of Chief of Staff John Kelly, also a former Marine General. In the case of Mattis, he's still there, but he's been sidelined. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, after 10 p.m. on Wednesday night, the Senate passed a short-term spending bill that would fund the federal government through February 8th and deny Trump any new money for the border wall. 
The agreement announced by Majority Leader Mitch McConnell should help avert a partial shutdown that would otherwise take effect at the end of the day tomorrow. The spending bill would not include a penny of the $5 billion that Trump has demanded. It would punt the next round of border wall decisions into the new year when an incoming Democratic majority in the House will have the power to stop wall funding from going through. And since he'll face opposition from newly empowered Democrats at every turn, this will leave Trump with very few legally sound options for fulfilling his promise to build the wall, unless he can get Mexico to pay for it. (laughs) Now that the Senate has passed this legislation by voice vote, the House is expected to take it up later Thursday. Congressional leaders say they expect Trump to sign it before the deadline, partly because they know he wants to get away to Mar-a-Lago and start his vacation. But, 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 this mercurial president, who just a week ago declared that he would be proud to shut down the government to get money for the wall, did not publicly announce his support for the deal yet, throwing the outcome into question. It's also prompting his conservative allies on and off Capitol Hill to mount a furious lobbying campaign to convince the president to reject the deal and shut down the government. Number two, special counsel Bob Mueller has formally requested a transcript of the testimony that Roger Stone, Trump's longtime confidant for several decades, gave to the House Intelligence Committee last year. Legal experts tell us this is a sign that prosecutors could be moving to charge him with a crime. It's the first time Mueller has formally asked the committee to turn over material gathered as part of its investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 election. Stone has been a key part of Mueller's inquiry into whether anyone in the president's orbit coordinated with the Russians. And this move suggests that Mueller's about to finalize his months-long investigation of the former Trump advisor. Securing an official transcript from the committee would be a necessary step before an indictment that accuses Stone of lying to lawmakers under oath. The special counsel could use the threat of a false statement charge to seek cooperation from Stone, as Mueller did with other Trump associates like Mike Flynn and Michael Cohen. It's unclear what aspect of Stone's testimony Mueller is scrutinizing, but Stone has given conflicting accounts over time about what prompted him to accurately predict during the 2016 campaign that WikiLeaks was going to unleash material that would hurt Hillary Clinton. In an interview with The Post last night, Stone said he has not been notified of Mueller's request, but he added that he's confident the transcript will not provide the special counsel with grounds to charge him. He said Mueller must prove that he intended to lie under oath and that it was a material lie. He said those will be heavy lifts for prosecutors, especially before a jury. Stone has promised that he will not flip on the president. Number three, the attorney general of Washington, D.C. filed a lawsuit against Facebook for mishandling user data. The suit from Carl Racine targets the social network mainly for its entanglement with Cambridge Analytica, the political consulting firm that was paid more than $5 million by the Trump campaign for information on names, likes, and other data that had been harvested without users' permission from the site with the help of Facebook. The filing ends a protracted silence on the part of many U.S. regulators who have faced immense pressure for members of Congress as well as average web users to discipline Facebook for what many see as a reckless disregard for online privacy. But the fact that the first legal action came from local officials in D.C., not their federal counterparts, has left many privacy advocates fearful that the U.S. government is increasingly unable to protect consumers against the power of Silicon Valley. It's been nine months since whistleblower Chris Wiley went public to outline what Cambridge had done. Asked about the suit, he replied yesterday, quote, It's about time. Facebook stock closed down 7% yesterday. 
as several more prominent people announced that they are deleting their accounts. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, December 20th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.